and we're not going to be continuing the series because I didn't think I could pull it off looking at a passage for about five minutes first thing this morning. Um, so I'm going to do something a bit different. Um, I want to start by just telling you a bit about my, uh, a friend of mine. Um, he's uh, a friend whose name is Ben. Um, and I met Ben quite a few years ago. Um, ben is a, a real like force of nature. He's one of those people who, when he's in the room, like, everyone knows about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean that in a positive way. Like, he, he's one of those characters who just, like, you know about. Like, real personality kind of powerhouse. Um, really passionate guy. Um, he's um, quite sort of stocky bill. He used to play um, rugby. I think he played England in the 16s, which I don't know if it's a claim to fame or not, really, but he always went for it as one. Um, but um, he was a really fun guy to, to be around. Um, you know, he's got a really good sense of humor. Um, he loves Jesus. Um, and he's involved in mission work now, I think, um, in Hong Kong. And I could tell you loads and loads of things about Ben, loads of information about Ben. Um, but the, the honest truth is that um, I don't really know him anymore. Um, I don't really know him anymore because the last time I spoke to him was, I think maybe four or five years ago. But I could tell you lots about him, but I don't know him. The reason I don't know him is because I don't actually spend any time communicating with him. Like, communication is the basis of relationship. If you don't have communication, you don't have relationship. It's just not present. Now, I grew up um, in church singing a song that maybe you knew, maybe you don't, but it was, I'm not going to sing it, but um, it, it went... Prayer is like a telephone for us to talk to Jesus. Anyone else? Yeah, okay, great. I'm not going to lie. For a large part of my life, I don't think I ever experienced that song to be anything near true. Like, prayer was not like a telephone. It felt a lot more like a megaphone for me to shout at God in a vain hope that he might hear and do something with it. And I don't know if that resounds with anyone else's experience, but I think so often and so easily... Like, our, our, our walk with God, our walk of prayer with God can just be one way. It's not telephone. It's not sort of relational. It's just kind of like declarative. It's requesting. But it's, there's, there's not that kind of, you know, reciprocal kind of communication, which we expect to kind of undergird any good, meaningful relationship. I want to um, just read a scripture for us. Um, I want to look at John, um, John chapter 14. Um, I'm going to read from verse 1. So Jesus is speaking to his disciples. Um, in many ways, he's kind of starting to prepare them for him not being with them. And he says this. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Oh, you, you believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so... Would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas, of course it's Thomas, pipes up and says, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. 
Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that'll be enough for us. Jesus answered, Do you, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it's the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. I want to skip to verse 15. Um, Jesus then says, If you love me, keep my commands, and I'll ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will, uh, and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Um, I want to look at this passage because I, I think it's, well, it's one of the most Trinitarian passages in the whole of Scripture. But there's so much about who God is in this, in this scripture that if we miss, we miss some real fundamentals. Like, so Jesus' disciples are kind of, you know, he's teaching them, they're questioning him. And we get the kind of classic things. You know, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus is like, oh gosh, have you not missed it? I'm the way. Confusion continues. Philip pipes up. Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. You know, these are people who want to know God. They are hungry for God. They're desperate for God. They want to have something of a relationship with God. And Philip comes along and he's saying, just show us the Father, that'll be enough. All this nonsense about all this stuff you're teaching, we don't need to know. Show us the Father, that'll do. And Jesus says, you've missed the point. You're looking for God. You're looking to know the Father. You don't need to look any further than me. You don't need to look any further than me. I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. If you see me, you see the Father also. We're not detached. We're not separate. It's one God, three persons, not three gods. Like I am God. When you get me, you get the whole of who God is. You don't get a third. You get the whole thing. And, and in this, we see a fundamental truth of Christian theology that is this. If you want to know what God is like, you look at Jesus. Jesus is the definition and revelation of God. He doesn't just reveal a bit of who God is or give us a perspective on God. He gives us the whole thing. When you see Jesus, you see the whole of who God is because he is the image of the invisible God, the revelation of the God who is unseen. If you want to see the Father, where do you look? You look to Jesus. And then Jesus kind of goes on a bit later, and um, he talks about the Holy Spirit. And he says, you know, I'm going, essentially, but um, I'm going to ask, um, the Father is going to send another, another like me, the Spirit of truth. He says, he will be with you and will be in you. And then he says this, he says, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Why? Why is he saying that? How are you going to come to us if you're going over there and because the Spirit makes Jesus present to us. The Spirit makes Jesus present to us. And so when we think about the Spirit, we need to think about 
Jesus. If, we, if, we're not, if we're talking about the Holy Spirit and it doesn't sound Jesus-y, I don't think we're talking about the Holy Spirit. If we're talking about the Father and it doesn't sound Jesus-y, we're not really talking about the Father. We're not really talking about God. And there is one truth about God that it, it, it is just so evident on the pages of the Gospels, and that is this. God has revealed himself in the form of personhood. You know, Jesus could have come as a force. No reason why not. Like, that could have been how it worked, but that's not who God is. He came as a person. And he doesn't come as a person and just sort of sit in a palace and kind of not mix with the kind of hoi polloi because they're a bit beneath him. He goes around having normal conversations with normal people and normal interactions with normal people. That tells us about what God is like. It tells us about the kind of relationship he wants to have with his people. It's not distant and far off. It's close. It's intimate. It's reciprocal. There's communication. You know, in Jesus, we see the heart of God. We see the Father. And we see how he interacts with us. And we see a God who wants to speak to us, who wants us to hear him, who wants us to know his voice. I love this quote by a guy called David Benner, um, great writer. He says, openness to God must be an openness not simply to ideas or information, but to personal encounter. God is not an object to be examined under a microscope like a piece of rock. God is a person. In fact, the prototype of personhood. And persons can only be engaged with personal openness and encounter. And so God has revealed himself as a person, as a personable being, which means we should have an expectation that we should be able to communicate with him in, in a way where we hear what he has to say for us. But, you know, for so, so much of my life, that wasn't the experience. Prayer was something I did in a vain hope that God might hear, but with no expectation that he might actually have something to say to me in response. But that's not who he is. The problem, I think, as I kind of discovered over the years, is simple. The problem is expectation. The problem is expectation. I think in three senses. The first is this. For some of us, no expectation that God is going to speak. Maybe because we don't think of ourselves as worthy enough. And you know what? You're not. But it's okay because Jesus has declared you worthy through what he's done as the cross. So that one doesn't matter. But some of us don't think we're worthy enough. That's not the truth of Scripture. Um, some of us just don't think we're spiritual enough, don't think we're good enough. It's almost like I've got to try hard to hear God. Like, but what we see in Jesus is a God who has come down to us. He's come to our level. He doesn't make us jump over a hurdle or leap over a mound to get to him. He is big enough clever enough, powerful enough to make himself heard, to make himself known. He is the God who reveals himself to us. We do not discover him over in the corner by mistake. Um, and I think some of us have no expectation because we just don't think God's speaking. But he is. The second thing I think we miss is this. I think we have the wrong expectation. I think for a large portion of my life, I expected God to speak like this. I expect it to be an external voice, that alarmed and surprised me, and um, that was audible. And I expected the experience of that to be incredibly spiritual. 
Do you know what I mean? That I'd just be like lost in the heavenlies. If God's speaking, I'd be like knocked flat. It would be this immensely spiritual experience. And the reality is that that's not really what we see in Jesus. And it's certainly what we see on the pages of Scripture. Actually, the voice of God is an internal voice that is familiar, that most of the time isn't audible. And and generally, the experience of hearing God speak isn't this particular spiritual trip out. Like, it's an internal voice. Why? Because God speaks to us through his spirit. You know, as it says in Corinthians, you know, God is spirit and he, he dwells within us and he speaks to our spirit, spirit to spirit. It's an internal voice. You know, Jesus in this passage we just read says, you know, he will give the Holy Spirit and he says, for he lives with you and will be where? In you. You know, God dwells within us. The voice of God, therefore, is an internal one, not an external one that comes from the outside like me speaking to you right now. Second, it's familiar. We are the children of God. You know, Jesus in John 10 uses the uh, metaphor of sheep and shepherd, and he says, my sheep know me. They know me. Like, if we are his, if we are his children, there is a an inbuilt creational familiarity that we know God. That, you know, like, like any sort of, you know, Seth, if, if I sort of call from behind a door and I say, where's daddy, Seth? Like, where's daddy? He knows it's me. He comes looking for me because he recognizes my voice instinctively because he is my son. We are his sons and daughters. We are designed and created to know him. We are designed and created to be able to know him. And therefore, we are designed and created such that his voice is familiar to us. Um, secondly, a, a lot of the time, it, it, it's, it's, it's not audible. I mean, we, we see this, like Jesus like, hears from his father. But how many times in Scripture do we see Jesus hearing from his father? Because Jesus, remember, does what he sees the father doing. You know, he only does what the Father is revealing to him. He only does what the Father teaches. But we don't hear this booming voice coming in all the time, being like, go over there. Like, it doesn't happen like that. It's an, a non-audible voice. And, and I think the experience um, most of the time of, of, of prayer is it, it's not always a particularly spiritual experience. It's quite normal. It's quite normal, but if we're expecting it to be this spiritual trip out and, and this external voice that makes us go, oh my goodness, like, the problem is this. We will probably find ourselves looking in the wrong place. And I don't know if you've ever gone looking for something in the wrong place. I seem to spend my life doing it because my wife is insistent that something is in a certain cupboard. And like, my phone is definitely in there. It's definitely in there. And I'm in there for five minutes. Like, this is not possible. Like, it's not possible. And, and I don't find it. But I don't find it because it was never in that cupboard in the first place. It was in a totally different part of the house. My expectations drive what I expect to receive and what I expect to find. If I expect the wrong thing, I probably won't see the right thing when it comes along because I will filter it out. I will ignore it. I will cast it to the side because it won't be what I'm looking for. So expertise, we have no expectation we have the wrong expectation, therefore we look for the wrong thing, and therefore we filter out things which are actually God speaking to us. Um, and the third problem is um, that I think we can tip into over-analysis. It's not wrong to think, right? But we live in a culture that can sometimes be so rational that it drowns out anything else. And I think we can tip into almost over-analysis mode where we become God 
and where the only things that God can say are the things that I, myself, me, have determined are God. But that's not the way of Jesus. The way of Jesus is a way of faith. We know him, how? By faith. And therefore, it's the practice of faith, and in the practice of faith that we hear him. If we are just in skepticism land, we are unlikely to hear the voice of God because we are just every time going to filter it out through kind of... um, the, you know, the, the over kind of uh, workings of our own consciousness. I remember um, a few years ago, I was just starting to learn to hear God's voice in prayer. And we, we, we did a bit of a, a sort of exercise at um, church with a group. Um, and we got together in small groups of, I don't know, um, I think it was about five or six. And everyone wrote their name on a piece of paper and chucked it in the middle of this, uh, of a circle. And you, you took someone's name out randomly. So, you know, you didn't know who you were going to get. And I got someone called Lizzie. Um, and I'd only met Lizzie a couple of weeks previously, so I didn't really know her particularly well. Um, and what we, what we did, basically, is um, we said, think of a question that you'd like to ask God, and don't tell anyone. And what you've got to do is, is the person whose name you've picked out, pray for them, and ask for God to give you an answer to that person's question. You don't know their question, but ask for an answer to that question. And, I mean, I'll be honest, I was deeply depressed about the idea of this, because I was like, at the end, I'm going to have to share something. This cannot go well. And so I prayed. And um, I, I got, you know, and when people say, by the way, as you hear people say this, like, oh, something came to mind, or um, I got a word, or I got a picture, what they're talking about is they're talking about God using the part of us that we often call our imagination to speak to us. You know, uh, you could all probably picture what you had for breakfast this morning, but you're not seeing a photograph, right? So that's what I kind of mean when I use that kind of language. But I saw this kind of picture of, um, it was a balloon, like a hot air balloon, and it was flying over, and I, I've been, and so I was like, it's definitely, definitively Africa. There was like zebra and wildebeest kind of milling underneath. And I was like, well, that's nice, but what's that about? Like, how can that be the answer to anyone's question? So I carried on praying, and I got um, the lyrics to a song, and it's a song I don't like, so it was a bit weird that these lyrics would come to my mind. But the lyrics were, um, I spread my wings and I learn how to fly. I was like, well, this isn't very helpful. Like, this still doesn't feel like the answer to anyone's question, God. Um, and so I prayed a bit, bit longer, and, and this phrase came to mind that was, um, flying is scary, but it's safe. Um, and I was just in analysis mode. I was like, this can't be God. How can it be God, right? That it's just three things, they, don't, they feel vaguely connected, but like, what have they got to do with anything, and what could they possibly have to do with this person's question? So anyway, we came to the end, and we sort of shared what we felt God saying. You know, it came to my turn, and I said, oh, Lizzie, I've got you, and I was ready to be dreadfully embarrassed, but I thought, well, I'd, I'd better give it a go. What's, you know, what's to lose? And I, I shared these three things, and she turned to me, and she said, that's absolutely incredible. Because the question that I asked God was this. Um, I've been invited this summer to a wedding in South Africa. And um, the idea of flying scares me to bits. And I wanted to know um, whether God thought I should go or not. Um, and I mean, I, I could have fallen over. Like three completely random things that God had just brought to my mind that I had absolutely no confidence whatsoever that they were bearing anything of worth, I shared as a punt, and, and God spoke. 
like God spoke to this, this, this girl in a way that like immensely blessed her. Um, and, and what I learned that day, and I, I've learned ever since, is that if, if we're expecting to be able to always understand it, sometimes we will filter out things that God is saying that we just need to sit with for long enough to, to see what he's saying to us through them. And so God wants to speak to us. He wants to speak to every single one of you. The voice of God that we, we, we hear in prayer is, is a familiar one. It's an internal voice. And I think because of that, we easily filter it out because there's so much noise and things going on in our heads that we can't discern one thing from another. And um, it feels too normal. It doesn't feel spiritual enough, so we bin it. But actually, often that is the voice of God. We need to trust and know that he's a good father who gives good things to his kids when they ask of him. If we come to him in prayer and we ask him to speak, why would he not? He loves us. Why would he hold that from us? Why would he sort of dangle it and ask us to jump? He wouldn't because he's a good father. I want to give us three, um, three sort of tools, I guess. Because I think the, the issue here is one, therefore, of discernment. There are lots of voices that you know, come to mind. Things going around in our heads. Our lives can be so busy. So how can we discern the voice of God when he speaks from the voice of all those other, three thing, uh, all those other things? Three things. Um, first of all, is it biblical? Like, if you want to hear God speak, open the Bible and start reading. Like, he is speaking on every single page. And the more you immerse yourself in the text, the more kind of familiar you become with it, the more you, you kind of get to know what God is like. And the more familiar you become with that, the more easy it is to discern when he speaks to you in prayer. Because the first test is always, is it biblical? You know, he's not going to say anything that contradicts his word, that contradicts the way he's already definitively spoken. Does this line up? with what the scriptures say. Does this line up with what I know of Jesus? Does it sound like him or not? Because if it doesn't, at very least, it would be wise for us to apply a degree of skepticism, if not completely rule it out. Second thing, if we think God might be speaking, is this a voice that encourages or condemns? I don't see in scripture a God who speaks to condemn. He convicts, but he doesn't condemn. The difference is massive. Condemnation is just basically when someone tells you you're rubbish at something and, and, and there's a problem with something, but just leaves you in failure. Conviction is when you are you know, confronted with a, a, an area of deficiency in your life, but there is a kind of invitation to change. There is a hopefulness. There is an encouragement. You know, is this an encouraging voice or a damning voice that condemns? Third, third thing, um, the more directional... Um, uh, we experience God to be speaking, the more clarity I think we need and the more discernment we need to exercise. You know, if you're praying and you suddenly think that God is telling you to move to Guatemala, I would suggest that you probably need to spend more time praying. You probably need to involve other people. You probably need to involve some people in leadership because that's a pretty big decision. That's not something you want to make on the turn of a pin. You want to take a bit of time over it. You know, Katie and I, when we moved here, felt God speak to us really clearly day one that he wanted us here. But we didn't off the back of that be like, well, that's that. Um, you know, there was a whole process of discernment, you know, because it was a big change, um, you know, that included, um, you know, 
a couple of months up to applying, um, the time between applying and coming to interview, you know, the application itself, coming to interview, the journey home in the car as we discussed. You know, God was speaking through all those things because that was quite a big change. The more directional, the more kind of life-changing it is, the, you know, the thing that God's asking us to do, the more clarity we need to exercise and the more discernment we need. If we hold to those three keys, I don't think we can go far wrong. And you know what? Occasionally, I suspect you will be praying and you will sense God saying something that isn't him. But you know what? If it's biblical, if it's not condemning, and if it's not you know, telling you to go off to Guatemala, who cares? Like, there's times where I've been praying to Jesus and I've just sensed he's saying, I love you. You know what? Maybe that's God and sometimes maybe it's not. But it's irrelevant because it's still true and I still need to hear it. Um, you know, if we exercise these three tools, we are not going to go off piste. But what we will do is open ourselves up ever increasingly to the voice of God, the God who wants to speak to us, the God who loves us, the God who is our Father, who's revealed himself in the person of Jesus and is still present with us in his spirit. He loves you. He's speaking. The question is not whether we're able or not. The question is whether or not we're aware. I wonder if we might just spend a bit of time just in prayer now and maybe just invite God to speak to us, if that's okay. Heavenly Father, or we might just from silence, Jeremy, if that's all right. Jesus, I just pray that you would come now and speak to us. We want to hear you. We want to know you. We want to... We want to know you in intimacy as a God who is close. And so I pray that you would speak now and make yourself known. Let's just take a, we're just going to take a few minutes just to, to listen to what God might want to say to each of us.